Praise God. Well, guess what, guys? New month means new series, right? And I can't believe I'm mad at myself. I forgot to bring a prop that I was going to use for this uh, sermon. So you're just going to have to bear with me when I get to that point. You're going to have to imagine it and picture it. (laughs) But this is what happens sometimes when you're rushing around in the morning, right? And you didn't properly plan and prepare the next day or the day before right? This is one of the dangers of procrastination, right? You might end up forgetting something. So, um, but, but today, uh, today I want to show you a quick picture um, of, uh, of what we're going to be talking about this month. Um, and I think the, uh, hopefully it will come up big enough for you guys to kind of read what it says. But we have a little, a, a little um, quote, so to speak. Amen. And probably you've seen like a million of these. Uh, type of quotes about this particular topic. Do we have that? So, can you see what that says on the top there? It's a little bit in the shadows, but um, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Agree or disagree? (laughs) We're going to be talking about attitude this month, guys. Turn to your neighbor and say, attitude. We all have one. Guess what? We all have one, whether it's a good one or a not so good one. We all have an attitude, right? And guess what? Um, You know, we're going to be taking a walk this month through the book of Philippians. Amen? We're going to take a walk through the the book of Philippians this month. And, And there's a lot of things we can learn in that book. But I believe that that book has a lot to teach us about the importance of attitude. Amen? And so we're going to take a look at that throughout this whole month, and today we're going to be looking at, of course, chapter 1. Uh, but before we get there, let me just open, uh, open up with a word of prayer. Amen? Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Um, God, we thank you for a new month. God, we thank you for life. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have a plan for us. And we thank you, Lord, that that plan um, involves us having a personal relationship with you. And so, God, we are so grateful, um, Lord, that we can have a relationship with you. We can know you. We can be known by you. We are known by you. And so, God, we pray, Lord, um, that as we dive into this word today, you continue to show us your truth. You continue to show us the importance of having a right attitude, um, regardless of whatever it is that we are going through. And the church said, Amen. amen. How many know that difficult situations can affect our attitude, right or wrong, right? (laughs) Sometimes all it takes is one thing to happen wrong to you in the morning, me or you, right, in the morning, and that can affect our whole attitude the rest of the day. Guys, I want to tell you um, about a story that I came across in a devotional that I was reading, Um, and I'm so happy I read this. I just read it yesterday, and I was like, wow, this is perfect, you know, and um, this took place in the late 80s, early 90s um, in communist China. There was a teacher by the name of Mr. Bai, uh, B-A-I, and um, he was a professor at Beijing University. And Beijing University is a prestigious university in, in China. You could kind of almost look at it as like the Harvard of China, right? Picture that. Um, well-known, popular, uh, prestigious, right? And um, it, it, he makes a joke in the class one day about the Communist Party. And one of the students reports him to the police. And the police into the classroom and they arrest Mr. Bai, Professor Bai. They arrest him, no trial, <laughs> right? No questions, no, no, you know, let's wait this out, let's examine, let's, 
that's it, straight to jail. Can you imagine that? I don't think we, see, sometimes like we have certain privileges and rights that get, you know, maybe sometimes questioned or challenged here in America, and, and we get real bent out of shape about it, right? You know, wear a mask, and we think you're taking away my liberties, right? But we have ple- people in other countries where they're taking them out of classrooms for saying the wrong thing, right? And those, these people aren't seen from again. This, t- tell your neighbor there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference. So, so he's in jail, right? And, and, and the jail is not like the jails we have here in America, right? There's no TV, right? There's no playing basketball. There's no, you know, uh, there's no visitations, none of that kind of stuff. Not saying that it's easy here to be in jail. I'm not saying that, but, but I'm saying by comparison, it's a different world, right? And, and, and so get this, he's on the eighth floor of the prison. And in the upper floors of the prison, they have windows with no glass and no bars, just a wide open opening. So after being there for a while, subject to the darkness and subject to, you know, just his own thoughts, you can imagine that his mental state began to deteriorate, correct, right? If you can put yourself in this position, right? One day he's teaching at a well-known university, he's respected, right? He's a leader in the community, and next day he's thrown away, right, in this jail cell. And he begins to fall into depression. And one day he walks to the edge of this open window and he looks down and he thinks, maybe it's better if I just take a dive out this window. And just like that, he hears in the back of his mind, don't go, don't go, don't go. And he sits down on the floor. And then he's, he's reminded suddenly of a friend that had shared Jesus Christ with him in the past and and, and he remembers something about this Jesus and something about there is hope in Jesus and something about there is forgiveness of sins and there is a God out there who loves us And, and, and he bows his head and he closes his eyes and he says Jesus if you are real I want to experience this peace and forgiveness and if you give that to me I will follow you the rest of my life He opens his eyes and he looks out that window again and all of a sudden the sky is bluer than it's ever been and the sun is shining through that dark corner of his jail cell brighter than it had ever looked before and he begins to shout, (laughs) he begins to shout, I have a bright future in Jesus. I have a bright future in Jesus. I have a bright future in Jesus. And he continues to shout this, and then the guards come in, and they start to beat him. Be quiet. Be quiet. But you know what? It didn't matter. Why? Because even though he was in that jail cell, he had experienced true freedom for the first time. And even though he was locked up in a dark room, and he had just received beatings on his body, for the first time he felt free, freer in there than he had ever felt out there. We all go through situations that affect our attitude and they can cause us to stop moving forward and cause us even to want to give up on life. Come on, somebody. But here's the good news today. It is time to advance. Tell your neighbor, it's time to advance. Because with the gospel, we have a win-win situation. 
With the gospel, we have a win-win situation. I really want us to grab a hold of this idea. What is win-win about the gospel? And we're going to dive into that today as we, we look in Philippians chapter 1. Amen. Um, would, you, would you stand with me? Amen. If you've ever been in a stream of water, you know that it only flows in one direction, right? And so if you are in a boat or a raft in a stream or a river, guess what? You are either moving forward or you are moving backwards, correct? Right? So think about it. In which direction are you moving today? In which direction are you moving today? Let's take a look at the opening of of Philippians. Together, um, we're going to be focusing on verses 12 to 26. And just like Mr. By, Paul found himself in prison. Amen? He writes this letter from prison to the, to the church at Philippi. And he is actually encouraging the church. Think about that for a minute. Most times, people who are in jail, they need a letter of encouragement from us. They need a phone call from us. They need prayers from us to encourage. But what is Paul doing? He is writing letters to the churches to encourage them. Talk about the right attitude. Talk about the power of a right attitude, right? And, and, and look at verse 6 really quickly. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is what he is sharing. This is the message of hope and encouragement that he is sharing with the church from the inside, right? So here we are in verse 12. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance. Somebody say advance to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout, listen to this, it has been known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't that blow you away? And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. This doesn't make sense, does it? How are they, how are they being confident about things that are happening when he is in this situation. It says they have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Amazing. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy, uh uh-oh, and rivalry, but others do it from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Does that happen? Not sincerely, but thinking to inflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, listen to this, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit, help me, Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it, is my, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Listen to this famous verse. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh and means fruitful labor for me, yet which I, shall cho- which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. 
but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you shall have ample cause to, enjoy, to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. You can be seated. Amen? Praise God. Usually I like to read a few less verses, but I felt like we needed both parts of that story um, to really kind of see what's taking place here uh, and to get a, a really an idea about the importance of having, of the importance attitude can play in the middle of your situations. Anybody out there going through some situations? Anybody out there going through some things that are a little bit tough? Amen. Anybody out there ever going through some things that are a little bit tough? <laughs> Amen. And so the first thing I want to I, I bring out to us, um, two things that I just kind of want to focus on um, from these passages. And the first is that the gospel turns setbacks into comebacks. The gospel turns setbacks into comebacks. Amen. Um, <clears throat> There, uh, there used to be a song that said, don't call it a comeback. Um, <laughs> um, but, but let me tell you something. You know, the, the world tries to use that phraseology, right? That, that you know, th this very term that I use, that a setback can be a comeback. But let me tell you, it originated in the scriptures. Amen? <laughs> um, so if you look at verses 12 to 18, it kind of focuses on this thought, I believe. And uh, right in verse 12, he, he says, you know, brothers, um, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. See, Paul could have had the attitude that, uh, he, what was he? He was an apostle. What was he doing? He was busy traveling, going throughout Asia Minor and going throughout, right, you know, um, the area and, 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 and establishing churches and strengthening churches and preaching the gospel. He had, very, he had a couple different missionary trips, right, that he went on throughout his life, and, and he was all about advancing the gospel. So for him to be put in prison, that would seem like what? A setback, correct? That would seem like a setback because now he can't do what he has always done, right? How many of us are passionate about, you know, maybe sports, right? Anybody out there? Or you have a hobby that you really like to do, right? Or, or you know, there's a game that you really like to play or you really like enjoying, right? Think about this weekend, right? How many of us have, have done a cookout or are going to a cookout today or tomorrow, right? We're passionate about spending time with our family or we're passionate about spending time with friends, right? And, and if something were to happen, say, Say that, that, that storm that just passed us, say it, it, it like flipped around and came back around and rained on, on, on our picnics. Would that be like a setback? Would we be disappointed, right, about that? And, and uh, would that change your attitude? <laughs> would that change your mood? Think about it, right? What if your job said, hey, you know what? Change of plans. We are now open on Monday. You, you do not have the day off again. You guys are like, I wouldn't pick up my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but think about it, right? When, when you have plans to do something, right, and those plans get interrupted, that feels like what? A setback. And Paul is saying, uh-uh, guys, my, what you think is a setback, me being here beyond bars? No, actually the gospel has advanced in a miraculous way. Amen? He says, matter of fact, every one of the imperial guards knows about Jesus Christ now, right? See, if you're passionate about the gospel, if you are, if you are evangelistically minded, right, nothing gives you greater pleasure than to talk to somebody about Jesus, right? Somebody who hasn't heard about Jesus before, so now for the first time, Paul has a new audience. Matter of fact, Paul was warned, 
don't go to Jerusalem, because if you go there, you're going to get arrested. It was a prophetic word that came forward and said, if you go, and they actually took out, as a demonstration, they took out a belt, and they bound his hands up, and they said, this is what will happen if you go there. Did it stop Paul from going? No. Why? Because he's thinking, it doesn't matter what happens to me. They're going to put me in a new place, and that's a new opportunity to talk to some new people about Jesus Christ. Amen? So there's no setting him back because it's like, doesn't matter where I go, it's a new opportunity to advance. It's a new opportunity to open up my mouth and talk about Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. And, and, and so he's like, guys, it's not a setback. I've been talking about Jesus to everyone and anyone, and everybody in this place knows about him right now. And that never would have happened if I wouldn't have been sent here. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes the things that we view as setbacks are actually opportunities that God has given us to use our gift in a different way, in a different platform, to a different group of people. But sometimes if we stay in our pity party, we will never realize the new opportunity that God has just opened up the door for us to do. Come on, somebody, say amen. Paul could have just sat in that prison and said, woe is me, woe is me, right, 99 bottles. You know, he, could have, he could have just done all kinds of things to pass the time, but he says this is an opportunity to advance the gospel, amen, and he took it. He ran with it, right? How many of us are ready to run? Come on, somebody, who's ready to run, right? Well, then we need to open up our eyes and get Christ's mind, right? The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So if we have the mind of Christ, we can have his attitude, right? And his attitude is always people, people, people. Who can I impact? Who can I touch? Who can I encourage? Who can I share with? Who can I minister to? Amen? Somebody say amen to that. Amen. So in verse 14, it says, and most of the brothers having been confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. See, this just blows my mind. He's like, guys, he's sharing with the church at Philippi. He's like, people, other places, other Christians in other places are hearing about me being in jail, and it's actually making them more bold to share. You would think the opposite would be true, right? He's in, he, he basically got thrown in jail for stirring up trouble sharing the gospel, right? And, and so you would think that the other guys would be like, well, I don't want that to happen to me, so I'm not going to share the gospel in a public way. I'm just going to be real discreet about it. But no, they saw that he got imprisoned, and they saw that, his, that the gospel was advancing as he was sharing, and they're like, hey, guess what? Maybe the same will happen to us. Maybe we'll get arrested too, and we'll win our jailhouse to Christ. Come on, somebody. Like, we don't think that kind of a way. That's too radical for us today, right? We always want to play it safe and calm, right? And we we, want to don't, we don't want to ruffle feathers, but sometimes God will place us in uncomfortable situations in order to advance. Somebody say advance. In verse 15, it says, some indeed preach Christ from envy. What does that sound like? Another setback. Paul, if you know anything about Paul's letters, right, he would encourage, but he would also correct, right? And, and, and a lot of people love the pastor to encourage, but don't love the pastor to correct. Come on. It's okay, right? We don't like that. We don't like the pastor to correct, right? But Paul is saying, 
If Paul was out there, think about this. If Paul was out there, he would have been going after some of those preachers who were preaching wrongly, right? So maybe there was a part of him that was like, "Mm, these guys are not doing the gospel justice. These guys are making a profit off of the gospel. These guys are, are, are like fooling people. Some of these guys are wolves in sheep clothing. And, you know, that was probably burning them up on the inside. And he probably knew some of these guys. And he's like, if I only could get my hand on that joker, you know, I'm going to lay some hands on, right? So, so just think about that for a minute. But no, he changed his attitude and he said, you know what? Some of them are doing it wrong. Some of them are, 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 are trying to pray for money, right, Sister Jenny? We were talking about this the other day, right? Some of them are, are, are saying, I'll give you, uh, right, Brother Morris? Some of them are saying, I'll give, I'll give you a word if you pay me $100, <laughs> right? And, and so we have people, some stuff like this starting to happen and it's probably burning them up as an apostle, as a father, right, of, of the faith. Um, but he's saying, you know what? You could look at that as a setback, but I look at that as an advancement because even if their motives are wrong, out of their mouth is still coming Jesus Christ. And and, and yeah, they're going to mess some people up, but you know what? Some folks are going to get saved under that ministry. And how many of us have ever watched a a preacher fall from grace? And and we want to say, I don't want to listen to that one anymore. But guess what? People got saved under that person's ministry. People got delivered under that person's ministry, even when they were doing wrong, even when they were doing a mess. Guess what? Jesus Christ was being preached. Jesus Christ was being proclaimed. The gospel was advancing. Now, could it advance better if that person had proper motives? Probably. Absolutely so, right? But guess what? Our job is not to do the convincing. Our job is just to open our mouth and speak Jesus and preach the gospel. And guess what? The Holy Spirit does the rest. The Holy Spirit does, brings the increase, right? You don't get saved because of how good I'm doing, right? But, but if I speak the word of Christ, guess what? And the Holy Spirit connects that in your heart. Guess what? It's going to advance in your life. And it has nothing to do with me other than I was just a vessel that spoke the word. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we stop advancing because we think my life is kind of a mess or I've made some mistakes or I've done some things wrong so I don't have the right. Listen, this verse right here proves that everybody not only has the right but the obligation and the encouragement to lift up your voice and speak the word of Christ and share the gospel. Whether your life is a mess or not, it really doesn't matter. You talk about Jesus and someone's going to get saved. You talk about Jesus, and someone is going to change. You talk about the gospel, and that is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? So this is so awesome right here, right? We're looking at possible setbacks, but no, Paul is saying these are not setbacks. These are opportunities. So what opportunity are you finding yourself in today? Do you have an option, an, an opportunity or an option or a place or a position or a foothold to be able to advance the gospel? Think about it. Think about it. Amen. Paul says, I rejoice. At the end of that verse, he says, oh, whether they do it in truth or not, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. And then he repeats it again. Yes, I will rejoice. In case, like, you didn't catch it, right? Like, he's like, No, I'm going to rejoice in that. Yes, that was good. Christ is being preached. And if you didn't catch it the first time, Christ was being preached, even if that person is a little bit off, right? Even if that person's not really doing it totally right, 
right? Jesus Christ was being preached. The gospel is advancing. Amen? So, picture right now, and here's where I'm kicking myself because I didn't bring my prop. <laughs> picture right now that I'm holding a bow, <laughs> right? Anybody ever, ever, ever done archery? Or like ever went to like a fair where like you could shoot like an arrow. Um, like matter of fact, there's a renaissance fair going on I think this month where you can do that. It's like a couple dollars. You can shoot a couple arrows, right? But think about that. Um, what if we changed our attitude about setbacks and we viewed ourselves more like the bow? In order to fire an arrow, you must what? You must pull the string back, correct? You must set it back. You must pull it back. It must retreat. It must retract, correct? And the farther you pull it back, guess what? The more force is building up to what? To propel that arrow forward to advance, correct? And, and, and so sometimes we, we, we look at our lives as, I'm I'm taking a step back. I feel like I'm going backwards. I feel like I, I, I move one step forward, but two steps back. Anybody ever feel like that? But, but what if you begin to get the revelation that, that God is just drawing you back, and then when he gets you to a certain point, he's going to let loose, and you're going to fly. You're going to advance, right? You're going to propel forward with the gospel in such a way. But, but the farther you go back, determines how far you're going to fly forward. And, and so the far, don't get discouraged with how far back you feel like you've been stepping. Sometimes we have stepped so far back that we say, I don't even know if I can see where I used to be. But guess what? It doesn't matter how, if you can see where you used to be because God wants to propel you beyond where you used to be. Amen? Stop keeping your eyes on where you think you need to be and, and, and get ready for God to fire you where he wants you to be. Amen? Get that revelation. And, 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 and maybe the bow is too dangerous for us to be shooting. I was thinking about that. I was like, should I bring an actual arrow? But then I don't want to poke somebody's eye out. And, and so I said, maybe I'll bring a rubber band. Hey, if you, maybe you don't got the bow, in, the, the bow faith yet, but do you have the rubber band faith? Same idea, right? You can pull that thing back and fire that thing. And then I thought, maybe I'll bring rubber bands, but then people start shooting each other. And I just... <laughs> Well, we'll have a setback now. Yeah, you get it. When we launch forward, it's not to make us great, though. When, see, see, sometimes we think, you know, I, I, I need to propel forward with my dreams and my ideas and my goals. No, no, no. God doesn't propel us forward to advance our name. He propels us forward to make his name great. To make, it doesn't matter how great my name is. At the end of the day, I'm still going to end up in the ground. We all live, we all are born, we live, and then we end up in the ground, right? That's just the cycle, right? doesn't matter how great you are, you're going to end up in the same ground, right? So it's not about me making my name great, but if I make the name of Jesus great, well, then guess what? Then all those people that were affected by that, they're not going to stay in the ground. Come on, somebody. They may, they may end up in the ground, but there's a certain time when the trumpet of the Lord is going to sound and all those who have responded to the gospel, think about it. There are people who are going to bust out of the dirt because you were faithful to advance the gospel. 
that they're not going to stay in the ground, but they're going to rise again because you were faithful to mention the name of Jesus and the gospel advanced, right? And the person's final resting place wasn't the grave, but it was heaven. Amen. Amen? Think about that for a minute. Think about how great of an impact that is. That's an eternal impact. That's an eternal difference that we get a chance to make. Amen? But think about this for a minute. Joseph had a setback and ended him up in a pit. And then he had another setback and it ended him up in Potiphar's house. And then he had another setback and it ended him up in prison. Right? You're seeing this repetition of prison, right? This idea, right? Some of us are, are, have been in physical prisons, but, but more than often, we get ourselves in, in, in mental prisons where we're locked up and we're behind bars. But, but what happened is that when his, Joseph's brothers came to see him, he says, what you meant for evil, God intended for good. What was he saying there? He's saying, it may look like I've had some setbacks, but look at me now. Where was he talking to his brothers from? As the second in command of all of Egypt, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. Think about that for a minute. Setback after setback after setback, and then he advanced in such a powerful way. And he said, God did this. Why? So that my name could be great? No. He said, so that I might save the lives of many. Think about the power of the gospel in that story right there. And then, of course, we know Jesus had a setback, right? He's in the garden, and then they come to arrest him. And then he gets taken, and then they beat him, right? Setback after setback. And then he's on the cross, and his disciples are like, man... We wasn't expecting it to go this way. Even though Jesus tried to warn them, right? He tried to tell them different times. And they, they didn't get it. It just went over their head every time. And then they see him on the cross. And then they see him take his last breath. The greatest setback of all time, Jesus Christ died. But then we know three days later, the greatest comeback of history took place where the stone was rolled away and Jesus advanced out of the tomb, right? And, 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 and it blew everybody's minds, right? Even though he said, I've been trying to tell you, look at me now. Remember I talked the other week about doubting Thomas? He said, touch me now, right? Look at me now, right? I've advanced, right? And he says, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to continue to advance. I'm going to ascend back to the Father. And when I go back, now it's your chance, right? Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to do what? Now it's, your, it's in your court, the ball's in your court to advance the gospel. Oh, you guys didn't say amen to that. It's in our court now to advance the gospel. Amen? Amen. So think about that for a minute, right? Now, if you look at, um, at the next couple chapters, actually, let me read this first. I, I started to quote it earlier. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed um, of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. Amen. So what is Paul reminding us here in the book of Romans? That, that this gospel is powerful. The message, the good news message is so powerful, it literally changes lives. And all we have to do is advance. All we have to do is speak it. All we have to do is open our mouth. And then the message will do what it does because the Holy Spirit 
is tied into that message, amen? And then takes that message and makes it land. The Holy Spirit is, see, we're like the bow that's being drawn back, and the gospel is like the arrow that's being fired, right, into the hearts of men. And the Holy Spirit makes it land where it needs to land. And when it hits the heart, guess what? Men and women, we drop to our knees and we say, Jesus is Lord. We've all been there, right? If you receive Jesus Christ, you've been hitting the heart at a certain point. You've been hitting the heart and you must respond. Amen. How many of us have ever watched Lord of the Rings? Right? So here's, here's a, you know, it's like a three, four hour long movie. I'm going to tell you all of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and there's three parts, so I'm going to tell you all three. And then they added a couple other ones. And never, never mind. And you can tell that I've watched it. But um, so, so the main idea, right, is this ring, right? There's this ring. There's this special ring that was forged, um, that was forged, and it, and it gives the enemy, the enemy of the land, this great power, right? And the enemy was defeated, right? But now this ring surfaces. This ring was hidden away, but now this ring surfaces. And, and if the enemy is able to get his hands on this ring again, his full power will be restored, and he will destroy the earth. He will, he will just reign terror upon every living creature. And, and this little guy named Frodo, literally, he's a little guy. He's like a um, tiny little guy, right? And, and, and he gets this ring somehow. And, and they tell him, you must bring this ring to the place that it was forged, and you must destroy it there. That's the only place that it can be destroyed. And you must, but in order to get there, you're going to have to travel very far, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to meet people along the way, and you're going to have to suffer certain obstacles, and you're going to have to overcome these things. Um, but this is your task. Guess what? The whole world was literally counting on this little guy to bring this ring all the way across the world and destroy it, right? And he, had, he meets these powerful people along the way, and you would think, why can't they do it? But they couldn't do it. They weren't able to do it, right? And, and, and so at the very end, you know, he's able to do it. You know, they, they, it suffers all kinds of things, right? But he's able to do it and destroy it, and, right? And he wins the day. Um, but, but think about it. I want us to grab this truth here. The second half of this passage, I believe, reveals the truth about this, this attitude, is that if we believe the gospel, there is someone counting on you. If you believe the gospel and you believe it for your own self, then somebody else out there is counting on you. Sister Mildred, if you are watching this, somebody is counting on you. Somebody is counting on you. And verse 21, um, look, at, look at verse, uh, actually, we'll, we'll do 19. Um, it says, for I know that through your prayer and the help of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And then verse 21 says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then what is he basically saying here? He's saying that as long as I'm alive, I will do everything in my power to advance the gospel. Everything that I do, I will bring glory to my Lord Jesus Christ. As long as I'm alive, as long as there's breath in my bones, I will magnify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. This is what he's saying. And then he's saying on the other side, if I should die, it would be my gain. Why? Not saying that he had a death wish, but he's saying, I'll get to see the one that I've been preaching. I'll get to be face to face with the one that I've been living for. The one that I have in my heart, I will see with my own eyes. He says, that would be my gain. That is my goal. That is my end. But you know what? Sometimes we can take this verse out of context, right, and, and have the wrong attitude and be like, Jesus, I just want to fly up out of this mess. Let's be honest, right? When things get tough, we're like, let me fly up out of here. God, make me a bird. <laughs> Give me wings that I could fly. Lord, take me now, right? I, I don't want to be in this mess any longer, right? We've all said and think, thought things like this before, right? This is not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, no, I'm alive, and so I'm going to give my everything to the cause of Christ. But if I should die, I, am, I will be overjoyed because I will be with the one that I've lived for. But if you don't, if you don't uh, believe that fully, continue to read these next few verses, right? What does he say? He says for, for verse 22, if I live, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor. Fruitful labor. What does that sound like? Advance. Paul is saying, if I live, I'm not just going to retire and take it easy, right? Sometimes we get to a certain age and we're like, well, I'm just going to slow down with this church stuff and ministry stuff. I'm going to slow down with talking to other people about Jesus Christ. No, what is Paul saying here? As long as I am alive, I will have fruitful ministry. You need to believe, oh, somebody needs to say amen to that. Somebody needs to grab that truth for themselves and say, as long as I'm alive. Matter of fact, why don't we declare that? As long as I live, I will be fruitful for Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is what he's saying, right? And, and, and so and he says, I will have fruitful labor, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. What is he saying? Sometimes I'm not sure which I should choose. <laughs> should I just let them kill me or, or, or should I just keep, keep pressing forward for, with the gospel? And, and what is he revealing his humanity here, right? Just like we do at times, like, you know what, man, I'm tired of this mess. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of this pain. I'm tired of these troubles. I'm tired of, the, I'm tired of you know, um, different agendas and different things, right? And we get tired of it. But, but understand, what did he say next? I am hard-pressed between the two, verse 23. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Verse 24, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. What is he saying? Something on me. There are souls in the balance. There are people that need to hear the message that I carry. There are those who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, and I might have an opportunity to introduce them. Come on, somebody. And, and, and so it's this idea, right, that if you believe the gospel, somebody out there is counting on you. And guess what? You might not even know who that someone is. You might not have even met that person yet. Matter of fact, you could have met him yesterday maybe, but you chose not to open your mouth. I've been there. I've been there where there's times where I'm like, I should, talk, I should stop and talk to that person. But I didn't open my mouth. Now, am I saying that to condemn us? No, but to make us aware that there are opportunities every day. That person is counting on the hope that you carry. That person needs the Jesus that we 
live to live at live and pray to right and worship and adore right and live for are you guys are too quiet come on somebody say amen to that (laughs) amen and and, and what does he say he says he says in verse 24 but i will remain in the flesh because it is more necessary for your account so what is he saying he's saying i'm choosing to stay and be a minister of the gospel for your sake because you need to hear the gospel, because you need to know this Jesus, because I have something that I need to pour out onto you. I have something that I need to impart to you. Come on, somebody, say amen. And so verse 25 says, convinced of this. Are you convinced? Paul was. He says, I'm convinced of this. I know that I will remain and continue with you all. Somebody needs to declare that. When, when, you're, in your lo- when you're in a low moment, I, 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 I would say turn to this chapter, right? And read some of these verses. And, and, and read like what Paul said and be convinced and say, I am choosing to live this life. This life could be over just like that, right? I could make a wrong choice and my life could be over, but I am choosing to live. And if I am choosing to live, it is my job then to help bring life to others. Amen? To help speak life to others. And he says, I'm convinced of this. I will remain. Somebody say, I will remain. I am convinced I will remain. I will continue to do it. I will continue to speak Jesus. I will continue to share the gospel. Amen. Verse 26 says, so that in me you will have ample cause to glory in Jesus Christ because of my coming again to you. So he's saying there's going to come a day where we will be reunited again and it's going to be a glorious celebration. And, and, and so he's saying, he's saying, keep that hope alive, right? And, 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 and so understand there are people that are counting on you. You may not carry the ring, (laughs) but you carry the good news. You carry the gospel. Each one of us has a sphere of influence. Each one of us. Brother Manny, you know people that I will never meet, right? I know some people that you will never meet. You will have an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with them. They might never step foot in this church, but you will have an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with them. Amen? Think about that for a minute. Each one of us has a sphere of influence. Wherever we are placed, that's where we have landed, correct? You're landed right there. And and where you are, you you are now have an opportunity. I am here. I can reach this one. Whoever is close to you, right? You can only reach the ones that are within arm's length, right? And and, and so I'm all the way over here. I'm not going to be able to reach the one that you can reach. I'm all the way over here. You tell them, come to Gospel Light Community Church. Some of them might come, but some of, them, some of them will never step foot inside of here. So guess what? Don't wait for them to come in here before you preach the gospel to them. Oh, oh, you guys didn't say amen to that. Don't wait for them to come to church to preach the gospel. Some of them will never come. They will never come. And so you, are their, you might be their only hope. You might be their only chance. You might be their last chance to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Souls are counting on you. They may not even know it yet, but they are counting on you because guess what? Christ in you is the hope of glory. And we got to let it out. It's not meant to keep it to ourselves, right? A, 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 a light 
a lamp, right, that's hidden, right, is not really any good, right? And we must, right, light on a hill idea, salt and light, right, all these different imageries that Jesus uses. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, how then will they call on him and they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Unless they advance? Think about that. Unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Would you stand with me? As you're standing, can you take a look at your feet for a minute? <laughs> some of us might like our feet. Some of us might not like our feet. But you know what? The Bible says that the feet of those who bring good news are beautiful. <laughs> so, so right now, would you look at your feet and declare to your feet, advance <laughs> advance you know what start walking in place start walking in place get those feet used to moving right how many of us like to walk I, I love walking around and seeing things and it, when you walk is different than driving because when you walk you see things that you will pass by when you drive right and some of us we don't have a problem moving our feet but we have a problem opening our mouth right and, and, and so wherever your feet may take you you have an opportunity to advance and open up your mouth. Amen? And so advance with the gospel. Advance with the gospel. Advance with the gospel. Be released. Advance with the gospel. Amen? We all go through situations that affect our attitude, and it can cause us to stop moving forward. It can cause us to want to give up. Remember, the gospel is a win-win situation because if we live for Christ, guess what? We get to win others to Christ. And when the day comes for us to finally end this life, guess what? We get to see Jesus face to face. So it is a win-win situation, the gospel. For those who believe it, to live is Christ, to die is gain. But here's the thing. We sometimes mix that up and we insert the wrong words. Instead of Christ, we insert my goals. For me to live is me achieving this. For me to live is accomplishing that. For me to live is to get married and own a house one day. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But guess what? If you make that your only goal, you're falling short. Right? God wants us to advance beyond our own goals to live for him because this world is temporary. Great, if you accomplish every single one of your goals here on this life, good for you, guess what? You can't take it with you. It's gonna go to somebody else who didn't work for it. Think about that. Think about that. And for some of us, that's our goal. I just do it for my kids, I do it for my kids. But are you sharing Jesus with your kids? Are they seeing the Christ in you? Is that the legacy that you are giving them? Great if you can leave them a house and a car and some life insurance, pay off their student loans. Praise God. Awesome. Wonderful. Great. We should do those things if we can. 
but did you share the gospel with them? Did you live the gospel out before them? While we are alive, we must advance. The gospel turns setbacks into comebacks. And if you believe the gospel, there is somebody out there right now that is counting on you. Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, that as we continue forward with this truth, with this knowledge, God, of the heavy gift that we carry, realizing that this gift is not just for us to enjoy, but, Lord, it is for us to give away. Lord, help us to have the mindset, the attitude of advancement, not for personal use only, but for advancing your case, your cause, your name, Jesus. Help us to touch those in our sphere of influence. Help us to open up our mouth and declare Jesus and to share the good news. Help us to find those that are in need. Help us to seek out those that are in need of hearing this message. Whatever it takes, help us to continue to move forward despite the setbacks, despite the discouragements, despite the, 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 the challenges in our personal relationships, despite the challenges in our personal finances, despite the challenges with our personal health. God, advance, advance. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.